Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Look at all these dads in here. Happy Father's Day. And we want to also say Happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father. What a good, good father he is. Amen. Man, you have blessed me this morning. You just don't know. I'm looking at you. You are my gift. You are my gift. Now, Krispy Kreme might be good, but you are much better. Amen. And I just thank you for being here this morning. You are blessing my heart. I'm just smiling. I can't, I can't pull it down. I'm just thanking God. Look at all of you. you. All those empty beds you left at home. Praise God. Dirty dishes in the sink. Probably socks and shoes laying in the hallway. But you left it all. Even probably left some pets and said, okay, we'll be back later. And here you are in the house of the Lord on this Father's Day. Amen. What was that? Oh, we got your number. <laughs> yes, so we'll give you time to clean up before we come over, okay? No, it's good. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here, and this is a great day. Every day's a good day. Every day's a great day, amen? Our God is so faithful, but we thank God for all the fathers, and uh, that, that God, God has a plan. He has a plan, and uh, He is definitely uh, working great things in and through our lives, and uh, we just want to celebrate His goodness. Uh, I heard this little story about this young couple that had a baby and uh, the young mother, she went down to the nursery and she saw the young dad there uh, standing at the nursery, uh, just peering down at the newborn baby that was asleep in the crib there. And the mother, she could just tell that he was captivated by this scene and she's watching him and he's watching the baby and just staring there. So she eases up to him and puts her arm around him and says, honey, what are you thinking? And he said, well, I just can't understand how they're able to build a crib like that for $89.95. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus, or I say men are from Home Depot and women are from Macy's or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Here's five top things you'll never hear a dad say. Number five, well, how about that? I'm lost. Looks like we'll have to stop and ask for directions. You'll never hear dad say that. <laughs> Number four, if all your friends are doing it, well, that should be fine. Go ahead. You'll never hear dad say that. How about here's a credit card and keys to the new car. Go enjoy. You'll never hear dad say that. How about what do you want to go and get a job for? I make plenty of money for you to spend. Come on now. You'll never hear dad say that. And how about number one? Father's Day, ah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. They may say it, but they don't mean it. So you better treat them nice today. You, you treat them nice today if you have your dad still uh, with you and, uh, because they really do enjoy it. We, we dads enjoy all this hoopla. It's just, we may not act like it, but we do. Thank you so much. Well, you know, all of us grew up with different experiences. Some of you could come up here and talk about a great dad that you've had, a father that's just been such a blessing and, and truly reflected the grace and the mercy and the nature of God. And, and for that, praise God. There's some of you will say, well, I didn't have a biological father in the picture, but there was a father figure that really emulated God in my life and was a blessing to me. Others have sad stories. My dad was maybe an addict and, and, and he never showed me any approval or he never, he, he was, had his own demons he was dealing with and a lot of that spilled over in my life. And so, uh, you know, I don't know uh, what it really is like to have a father's approval and, and a father uh, really uh, loving on me in a healthy way. 
Uh, some would say, you know, my father was really broken inside and, and he broke the, stepped over the lines of father and daughter or father and son and there's a lot of abuse there. So each of us have different stories that we come from. And what I find that as I've listened over the 30 years of ministry to people talking about parents and so forth and me now being a parent for 20 plus years is that none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. They don't give you a manual from the hospital on how to handle and raise that child. They sent me home with Townsend and I put him in the back seat of that Explorer and I drove home. And when we got home, it just I was shaken. I'm like, they trusted me with this thing. You know, they gave him to me. But they didn't tell me what to do with him, you know. And uh, so I brought him in the house and to think, I've, I've got this kid for the rest of his life, you know. No, he'll get married and move out one day. But, I, you know, he's going to be my son for the rest of my life. And what am I going to do? And, you know, we were probably a little stricter on him. And, uh, and watch him shaking his head. Yeah, yeah. Because the firstborn you're practicing on. And by the time you get to the seventh or eighth when you're too tired to care or something, you just kind of let them buy with everything. But, uh, yeah, none of us are perfect parents, and we made mistakes, and we've, we've probably not lived up to the expectations of our children, and many areas maybe have gone beyond uh, their expectation, and that's good. But what we are here to reflect today is uh, the heart of our Heavenly Father, who is perfect. So I want us to look at the Father's heart and not measure on Father's Day the limitation and the fallibilities of the love that we can only receive from our earthly father. God set it up that there would be a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. The two would get married and they would then have children in that order, how God set it up. And there would be a father and a mother of that child. That's God's plan. Now Satan has been fighting that from day one in every way he can to distort it and disfigure it and do away with it if possible. But uh, so we see the fallibilities that come from the sin influence and the sin nature in this side of heaven. But the original uh, order that God had set it up, he is still demonstrating for us as he is still our heavenly father. So I don't want us on this Father's Day or any day the rest of our life to live uh, under the limitations of what an earthly father did or did not do for us and that that lid would be removed and we could grow to be all that God has created us to be as we look beyond our earthly father and we look at our heavenly father and how he truly loves us and his approval over us. See, a blessing is not a blessing until it is spoken. And there are many, many of uh, adult children today. They are now adults, but there's still a child inside with arrested development who is still waiting to hear a father's blessing, still waiting to hear the father say, I'm proud of you, still waiting to hear the father say, good job. And, and the enemy is using that absence or that lack thereof to try and demonize their minds and hold them back with a lid so that they cannot be all God has created them to be. And again, I emphasize, no matter how good your dad is or was or has tried to be, we've all come short of the glory of God. All of us dads have, and we admit that right up front. But we are here to learn and reflect the greatest love of all that comes from a heart of righteousness, a heart of purity, and a heart of grace and mercy, which our minds cannot truly understand, and that is the heart of our Father God. So let us look at the Father. 
Father's heart in this message this morning. And, uh, and I pray as we expose the Father's heart that I, it was going to bring healing, it's going to bring promotion, and it's going to bring uh, direction in your life. Now this comes from an event in the scripture in Luke chapter 15 where Jesus Christ is being challenged. And he handles the challenge and responds to it by exposing the Father's heart. Uh, he is in a challenge situation where things are being questioned. And he says, you want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing? The reason I'm doing it is because I am here on assignment to bring demonstration of my Father's heart into this world. And the situation was such in Luke 15, verses 1 and 2, where Jesus is teaching and the tax collectors and the sinners have all drawn near to him to hear what he had to say. Now, tax collectors and sinners is a phrase we get in the Greek text here that refers to uh, uh, the folks who are outside of the covenant of God. The tax collectors are all about themselves. They are not like accountants that work for the IRS today, but these were ones that would use the law and they would threaten you and extort money from you by using the law of the land and taking advantage of their position. Their position was from the government to be the collector of the taxes for the government and they were extorting people by adding exorbitant amounts uh, that for their personal use onto that. And there was no one you could appeal to. There was no court that you could go to. You either, the tax collector stood before the government and said they're in violation and then you were penalized or they would say you're satisfactory. So people were like paying them, kind of like the mafia. They were paying them for protection. So here's a tax collector who says your taxes are $5,000, but I'm building a wing on my house and I need an extra $10,000, so you're going to give me $15,000. And you say, no, the taxes are only $5,000. He says, do you want to lose your house and lose your business? I'll call the guards in right now because if I turn your name in, you, you have no court you will be, you, you'll find great penalty. So the people would pay the extra $10,000 just to, so that they could survive and not have that kind of trouble. So tax collectors were looked at as, as those that were uh, very evil and all about themselves and they used the government and its power to their advantage. And then sinners were those that were outside of the covenant of God who were violating the laws of God and that the, the society uh, of religion would look at as not worth your time. These people are not worth your time. They're the troublemakers. So these are the people that are drawing near to Jesus and they want to hear what Jesus has to say. But then there's also these other people who are around Jesus who had something to say. They didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. They had something they wanted to say to and about Jesus. And what they were saying is, look at this Jesus how in the world can he be a man of God? How can he be sent by God? Look at him. He's a man that receives these sinners and he eats with them. He is, he is like going and allowing the scum of the earth to be not only in his presence, he actually will have a meal with them. And Jesus responds to their inference and their outward attacks by using parables to expose to them and to answer that question, why does he deal with tax collectors? Why is it that he eats with these sinners? What is it, if he's truly from God, why does he violate in this way? So Jesus says, I'm going to expose to you my Father's heart. And he begins to do it with these stories, these parables. And the first one is the parable of the lost sheep. 
In Luke 15, 4 and 7, he talks about a man, a shepherd who had these sheep, a hundred sheep. One gets lost. Now this shepherd could have said, well, the one is lost. He wasn't following the rules. He, he, he wasn't paying attention. And uh, we'll have more babies going along and, 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 and we'll fill that spot. We're just going to stay safe and keep going. No. He said this shepherd loved every sheep so much that that shepherd left the 99 and went looking for that lost sheep. He said that's the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is He cares about every one of you. He even has the hairs of your head numbered and he knows, it, he knows that number. He cares about your coming and your going. And I'm here to tell you today to combat the lies of the enemy as well that God cares about you. That if you're not in the perfect place that he has created for you, he is looking for you. He is sending his spirit to woo you. He wants to bring you into his fold so that he can lead you by the waters that are still and the green pastures. He wants to care for you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to open the right gate for you and close the wrong gate for you so he can get you into that creative order that he has for you. Your God loves you. And Jesus stood up to those Pharisees and he stood up to those scribes and he says, you've gotten so stuck in the law and you've got so stuck in the jot and the tittle of everything that you're forgetting the heart of him who is behind the law. And he loves people. He created people for himself. And if one is lost, he's going after him. Then he talks about the parable of the lost coin. And there's the lady who has her coins and she has these ten coins and she loses one. And she could have said, well, I'll eventually find it. She could have said, well, you know, I'm earning more money and I don't need to, to really worry about it. No, she went looking. She went moving things out of the corners. She went sweeping the floor. She was looking because that coin had value. Just because it wasn't in her presence at the moment, it still had value. And I say to you today, you may not be totally surrendered to the will of God. You may not be the coin that is in His hand, but He is looking for you. He is sweeping the corners trying to get you back in because He still sees the value you were created for. The devil tells you you have no value, but the devil is a liar. You have great value. Then there's this third parable he told about the lost son. And this uh, is, is such a, a, a story that exposes the heart of the father. I want us to dig into it and get some, uh, some life lessons out of it that we can take with us this week. Because here is a son that came to his uh, father. He had two sons. And one of the sons came and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. And I want to go and do my own thing. And Dad said, no, I've got this plan and this plan and this. No, I want to go do my own thing. So his father gives him his inheritance. And he goes and he squanders it. And righteous living, the Bible says. And he spends it all. It's, the devil steals it. It's gone. He's lost his inheritance. He's now hungry. So he takes a job. The only job he could find is is slopping the pigs and a Jewish boy feeding pigs. That is definitely the lowest of low that he could have gotten to. And he's so hungry that he's actually digging through the slop and having to eat some of that discarded waste that goes to the pigs in order to satisfy the, the pain in his stomach. And, and at that moment, he came to his senses, the Bible says. He came to himself and he said, wait a minute. The servants at my father's house, the, the employees that work for my dad get treated better than this. 
And why am I here when I could go back, I could ask my dad to forgive me and at least take me in as, as an employee so that I could live better than this. Anything's better than this. Sometimes you got to hit the bottom before you realize how good you had it. And some people say, well, I'm disqualified after that. But when we see this story today, you'll understand the Father's heart does not disqualify you when you hit your bottom. When you hit your bottom, there's still a way out because there's a way up and your Heavenly Father has provided that. So let's look at when He comes to Himself in verse 20. We pick up in the story. He arose and came to His Father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He who he was lost is now found and they began to be merry. Here's this parable and it's often been called the parable of the father's heart and I think that's a great uh, a title for it because it shows us how God feels towards us despite our mistakes and the wrong decisions that we've made. I don't know about you but maybe you can join me in saying, I've made some mistakes in life, and I've made some bad decisions in life. And thank God that, that did not disqualify me, and I was forever banned and forever cast out of the plan of God. I have found that my mistakes, one at 17, would have led to my death and immediate entry into hell, but the hand of God reached into my life and helped me while I was so lost and while I was so much pain, helped me Turn my life around. Here Jesus says to these scribes and these Pharisees, He said, before you judge what you see on the external, you need to know what's happening from the internal. You need to know the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is this. What you see me do, I've come to do what my Father has sent me to do. What I say is what my Father has told me to say. And how I, I live is the way my Father showed me to live. I am reflecting the glory of my Father. And the reason these sinners and the reason these tax collectors have not run them off as as, as if they were, they were street dogs or something like you look at them. But they are son, potential sons and daughters of the Most High God. God has a plan for them. God has direction for them. God has a, a life for them if they'll just turn to Him. And, he, and he's like he's talking to these Pharisees and these scribes like, y'all should know better. Y'all should know better. You write the Scripture and you memorize and learn the Scripture that comes from the heart of the Father. How is it you're missing His heart? How is it you've got religion that has now pushed out the very heart of the God who has given us this life to live? And he's telling these stories to grab their attention and to grab their heart. And he said this prodigal son and this father in his heart, I want you to see this because these are those that are astray. These are those that are not uh, living the life, but they, they're, God's still got a plan for them and there's still hope. We need to tell everybody about Jesus. No matter how destitute, no matter how far away from God they may look like they are, don't judge that. 
You need to look into their heart and say, that you were created to be a son. You were created to be a daughter of the Most High God. You weren't created to live like this. And God loves you. And God's got a plan of restoration and reconciliation. He has a plan of healing and deliverance and a plan of promotion. And don't look down on anyone. Yes, there is a redemption and lift in those who serve God where God lifts us up out of the miry clay. He lifts us up out of our pain. He lifts us up out of our hopelessness and He lifts us up out of our bondage. But we should never be lifted up to look down on anyone because except by the grace of God, there go I. We need to have a heart to reach out and tell people like Jesus was doing. Jesus was talking to the sinners. Jesus was talking to the tax collectors. Jesus was telling them about His Father. And let me tell you what, we should be doing the same thing. We should be telling people how good our God is. So he said, well, that church stuff, I don't know about that church stuff. I'm not talking about church stuff. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about your heavenly Father. I'm talking about His Son that loved you so much He gave His life for you that your sins can be washed by His blood. He has got a plan for your life. And you start speaking like that. Remember, they were created in the image of God before the fall of man. And the fall of man has never trumped, anyway, has, has never trumped the, the plan of God. It has messed it up to those who have yielded to it. But to those who said, I turn my attention back to God and I turn my allegiance to God. The Holy Spirit, like, those, the, like the Spirit of God in wind, came upon those dead, dry bones and brought back life. The Holy Spirit brings us into a newness of life where we're born again as sons and daughters of God. And that's available to everyone. That's available, I said, to everyone. Hallelujah. Praise God. So here we see Jesus is talking to us about exposing the heart of the Father. In John 14 and 9, Philip asked Jesus, you know, what does the Father look like? And Jesus responded. He says, have I been with you so long and yet you don't know? You don't know this, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus basically says, I'm here as the manifest, living, touchable example of the heart of the Father. You see my love. You see my sacrifice. You see the lengths I'm willing to go to for those that, that are in Samaria by a well who've been uh, married so many times but now shacking with someone. But I'm willing to go where nobody will go and meet with her and tell her about living water. He said, that's the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father will go to wherever you're at to reach you, to bring you back into His kingdom. Hallelujah. What a good, good God we serve. So I want us to look at four basic things that I believe Jesus wanted to show us about His Father's heart, about God's heart in this part of the story. And the first one is the Father never loses hope. The Father never loses hope. Paul said as he was praying in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, and I join with him and I pray this same prayer over you, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. I pray that for you right now. That God would give you the spirit of wisdom and He would give you revelation in the knowledge of Him. 
that you would leave here this morning knowing more about God, knowing Him deeper, knowing Him more intimate than you've ever known Him before, that your knowledge would increase of Him and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would be able to see that see God at work and see what God wants you to do and see how God wants to flow through you and see what God's plan is for those dejected and those that are out in the outer skirts and living in the darkness and that you would be able to see with the eyes of God that you will know what is the hope of His calling, that you would understand He has hope and that hope that He has given to you is He's called you with a purpose because faith without, the Bible says faith uh, without works is dead. So we have to be engaged. And he says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So we need hope and God has given us hope and He's one that never loses hope in us. You may not be serving God the way you should be today. And you may think maybe you've messed up too many times. You promised Him and failed Him too many times. But I'm here to tell you God has still got a hope for you. He's got a hope for you. He looks at you as His son. He looks at you as His daughter. He looks at you as one that He can restore. He can rejuvenate. He can give you newness of life. He can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. He's still got great hope for you. He never loses hope. Praise God. Now, as a parent, we have great hope for our children. But I have talked to parents before who have pretty much rejected and given up on their children. They said, you know, I hadn't talked to them in 10 years. They're over there, whatever. If they ever want me, they can come back. But I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Let me tell you what. That, I, I can understand the pain and I can understand responding that way. But don't let that image, for one instance, reflect the image of the heart of God. God does not ever feel like that. God does not ever turn His back. The Bible says there's no shadow of turning with Him. You may feel like He's left you, but He hasn't. I guarantee you, if you'll turn around, you'll find out He's right where you left Him because He's never left you. Hallelujah. So I don't know about you. Every one of us uh, should want to join with me and say, I praise God that that He's a God that realizes with every failure I've had, with every wasted year of my life that I've had, that he's a God that has not given up on me. That he's a God that still wants to do great things. He says my latter can be greater than my former. I don't know about you, but that's good news because I got some junk behind me that if I listened to the devil, he would put that junk on me and it would make me live in the shadow. It would make me feel like I'm disqualified. It would make me feel like I can never be used of God. It would make me feel like I'm not good enough. But the devil is a liar because God says I I want to make everything new for you. I want to make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want the old stuff to be passed away. I want your sin to be cast in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. I've got a plan for you. I've got hope for you. I've got a dream and a desire for you. And I don't know about you, but on this Father's Day, I want to be re-wakened up in my spirit and say, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to fulfill that hope. I'm going to fulfill that desire. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. I'm going to be all God has created me to be in these last years as I go forward. Thank God we have a God who never loses hope. He's got a plan for you even now. You said, me, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said to God. He still has a plan for you. He's not giving up on you. He's still got great hope for you. And I love what Jesus showed us about the Father's heart in this. Number two, He's always looking our way. He never stops looking. He's always looking for us. 
the 20th verse, it says, And he arose, the son did, to go to his father. And while he was still a great way off, he was still a great way off, his father saw him. So that means his father was looking. He was looking down that long driveway. He was looking across that field. He was looking, hoping his son would return. And when he saw him yet at a great distance, he had compassion on him. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and communicated to him, I still love you. I'm telling you that God never stops looking, that he's looking for you to turn to him. I've met people that say, well, you know, I serve God, but when you really look at their life, they're about 50% in or 50, and 50% out. Then I've met some that maybe are 70% in and 30% out. I've met some that's 99% in and 1% out. I want to be 100%. I don't know about you. I'm always striving to be 100%. I'm always, that's my goal. I want to be 100% in. I don't want God to have to be looking down the driveway or looking across the field because some of me is out serving the world. Some of me is out with righteous living. Some of me is out there doing my own thing. I don't want Him to always be looking, but I'm, I'm here to tell you whether you've given Him 100% or 10%, He's not closed His eyes towards you. He is looking for you today in hopes that you're going to come home and you're going to give him all of your life. I'm telling you, he's wanting all of you right now. And he's going to run out. He's not going to wait till you come in and grovel before him. He's not going to even require that of you. He's going to have great compassion and he's going to run and meet you. Wherever you're willing to start moving towards him, he's going to run and meet you. And he's going to meet you there and he's going to love on you. And he's going to let you know his heart from the very beginning. Because he has a plan for your life. He's looking for you. Is there a part of you today that maybe is not here in this church service that was not in this praise and worship service? A part of you that is still not surrendered to God? I would beg you this day to give Him 100%. Let me tell you what, if the favor and the blessings of God on 50% of your life is great, just think how the favor and the blessings of God is on 100% of your life. He's a good, good Father. All good and perfect gifts come from Him. So whatever you give Him and He touches it, bad can't happen. Bad doesn't happen because all good and perfect gifts come from Him, right? So why not give Him 100%? Why are you holding it back? Are you like this, uh, this prodigal son still thinking that you can do it better than God? That you can make a life better than God? You grow a business better than God? You can raise a family better than God? You can raise your department to the next level better than God? You can teach that classroom better than God? Come on now. I would say, I challenge you today. God is looking. He is looking. And if there's any of you, any of you that's not surrendered to Him, I wish you would turn and start coming towards Him right now. And you will find the compassion of God and the love of God will meet you in in a great way. Hallelujah. I, I, I remember as a little boy hearing this song and it always touched my heart and the title of it is His Eye is on Us. And it goes like this, Why should I feel discouraged and why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven's home? And Jesus, when Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is He, His eye is on the sparrow and I know He watches me. So let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear. And my, my thing just went off. The iPad just went dead. Well, I tell you what, I'm in the middle of that song, and I'll reboot it, and I'll sing it if I have to. <laughs> wow, I guarantee you. It says I need to update it, and I said I'll wait till after the service, and it keeps wanting to force me 
I'm telling you what, this technology stuff thinks it's in charge, but we're not. I can go back to paper. Amen. I can go back to paper. It's telling me it wants me to upgrade. I'm upgrading right now in the spirit. I need to take care of the spirit before I take care of the physical, right? Amen. Praise God. So I think we're good to go here in just a second. And uh, as we get our eye is on the sparrow. God, is your eye on my iPad? <laughs> if it is, tell it to wait. And we'll upgrade it, update it, or whatever it needs later. And, uh, but here it is. The eye is on the sparrow. And uh, the second verse says, Let not your heart be troubled. His tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And whenever I am tempted, and whenever clouds arise, whenever song gives place to sighing, when hope within me dies... I draw closer to him from care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And y'all know the chorus probably. I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I'm here to tell you God is not looking at you with a lightning bolt ready to spear you for doing something wrong. That is not his eye that is on you today. He is not trying to go and expose your shame. I'm here to tell you his eye is an eye of compassion and an eye of great love. And he wants to come and he wants to bless you. But me with me saying that, don't hear me wrong. God is not passive about sin. That's why Jesus had to come and die. Sin is a serious issue. Sin required death. It has to be dealt with. And so God now calls us to repent and turn from our sinful ways and turn to Jesus Christ as our Savior. And what Jesus did is then applied to what we've done and it is cleansed and our record is expunged and we are set free. So God is not, not uh, ignoring sin. He has a plan for sin and it has to be dealt with. But He does not want to torture you because of it. He does not want to keep you at a distance from Him because of it. He's wanting you to come to Him and to find forgiveness in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because our Heavenly Father is not God the beggar. He's God the giver. Our Heavenly Father is not God the grudge holder. He's God the forgiver. Our God, our Heavenly Father is not God the conditional lover. He is the God of eternal love. Hallelujah. And our Heavenly Father is God, our God, who is always reaching out to us. He's looking down the driveway. He's looking across the field. He's looking down the highway. And He's trying to see right now, is there all of you willing to come to Him? If so, He's ready to meet you there. What a great, great God we serve. And then the third thing Jesus shows us in exposing the Father's heart is that He's always desiring Desiring reconciliation for the repentant soul. If you're willing to repent, let me tell you what, if you're willing to repent, that takes care of the sin. That takes care of the, of the wedge. That takes care of that gulf between you and God. Because when you repent, you turn from your sinful way. You turn to Jesus Christ and you declare His Lordship over your life. And you believe that God has raised Him from the dead and you ask Him to forgive you and He will forgive you. The Father ran to His repentance son. He embraced his repentant son. He showed great compassion for his repentant son. And I'm telling you, the same God will run to you and meet you if you're willing to repent, if, if you're willing to turn from anything that is against God. Is there anything in your life, anything that you're involved in, anything you're allowing in your mind and in your presence that you know uh, God is not uh, pleased with?
You have an opportunity right now to say, God, I turn from that. I don't want to live that way. If that displeases you, Lord, and I know it does, I turn to you. And the Bible says that when you turn to Christ in faith, that He now makes you righteous. You can't make yourself righteous, but when you turn to Christ, we are therefore now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He makes us righteous so that we can be accepted before the Father, not because of our good works, but because of the great work that Jesus Christ has done. So I would encourage you to uh, be reconciled with God, but that would begin with a repentant soul, that you would repent, repent, repent from your sins, repent of your sins, turn to God and see God turn to you. And then the final thing I wanted to talk about in exposing the heart of God is that He is always ready to position you for a greater future. He's not going to leave you where He found you. If you'll come to Him, I guarantee you 100% He's going to lift you, He's going to take you to a higher height. We see in verse 22 of Luke 15, the father said to his servants, go bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son who was dead but now is alive again, who was lost and is now found and they began to be merry. It began with the robe. It began with the robe. And this certain Hebrew word in its text, uh, would, uh, if you study this in the Hebrew context of that culture, what happens uh, with the this is a robe that goes all the way down to the ankle this is a robe that covers all of you it was a robe of dignity and it's like the father is covering the shame and covering the nakedness and covering the scars of the past I don't know about you but that just makes me want to cry with thanksgiving to God that he's not going to expose my past uh, mistakes and my past shame for the rest of my life it's not something when I approach him he's thinking about that he said no we're going to cover that up. We're going to take care. And that robe is a, is a sign of the robe of righteousness, a signal of that, what God covers us with His righteousness. He said, I know you can't be righteous in your own, but because you've surrendered 100% to me, I'll now cover you. And no one's going to look at your shame. No one's going to look at your scars. No one's going to look at your dirt. No one's going to, no, I'm going to cover you. Go get the robe and put it on my son. And then he says, go put the ring, get the ring and put it on his finger and in essence what he's saying he's saying I'm back in business with my dad this ring was a ring of covenant it was a ring of, of, of family business it was a ring of, that said that, that we, are, we are partners together and you can trust him because he wears the ring of the family he wears the ring of the farm he wears the ring of the, uh, of the business and, and here the father says I want to put you back where you left you left it and I justifiably could have filled it with somebody else and just went on but my hope remember God never loses hope my hope was that you're coming back and I've saved this for you and while you've squandered your inheritance God has blessed me and I've now grown and I've got enough to give you your inheritance back what the devil stole from you I'm going to give it back to you I'm putting the ring back on your finger you're an equal partner here son hallelujah that's what God says to us he says I've got a plan for you that before I put the stars and the moon and the sun into place I had a plan for you and I needed you in 2018 to be a part of that plan and no matter what the devil has done to try and take you if you'll turn and come back to me I'll come and put a ring on your finger and I'll put you in the position that I created for you so that you can you can soar into all that I would have for you 
put the ring in the robe. But then he also put shoes on his feet. Sandals, he said, get the sandals and put on his feet. And in this culture, this ancient culture, one of the things about putting sandals on someone's feet meant morning time is over. The time of weeping is over. The time of sadness is over. This is a new season. This is a new day. And you're to rise up and you step into those sandals and you're to walk into your destiny. You're to walk into this new season. You're to walk into the favor and the blessings that I have for you. And that's what he was telling his son. He said, you've scratched in the, in, in the mud, in the dirt, and you've lived the low living. But let me tell you what, I'm not going to let what the devil tried to, to rearrange and, and change your destiny to be, to be your destiny, because you come back to me. I'm putting some sandals on your feet. It's time, the crying time is over. The mourning time is over. The sad time is over. The season of loss is over. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. The season of loss is over. The season of life is over. The season of trying to get by is over. The season of feeding the pigs is over. He said it's now time for a new season. This is a new day. And I'm prepared for you son a great harvest. And I prepare for you daughter a great harvest. But we got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. That's why I'm putting these sandals on your feet. You got to go with God as God will go with you and walk into your new season. You say well my best seasons are behind me. The devil is a liar. You say my best years are behind me. The devil is a liar. The God is saying this day, I want to put some sandals on your feet and I want to take you into a greater future. I want to take you into a higher height. I want to take you from glory to glory and faith to faith. I want to take you to where I've created for you. And I'm a God of no lid. I'm a God of no limitation. I'm a God that takes what is impossible and I mark it off and say, all things are possible to him who believes. I'm a God that wants to bless you coming and going. I'm a God that wants to heal your body. I'm a God that wants to deliver you from bondage. I'm a God that wants to heal your broken heart. I'm a God that wants to raise you up. I don't want you walking in the dirt anymore. I want to raise you up. I want to take you into what I've created for you. This is a new season, I say. This is a new day, I say. This is what I've created for you. This is my plan for you. Do not mourn anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he said, kill the fatted calf. Feel the, go ahead and kill the fatted calf because fellowship is restored. Hallelujah. Fellowship is restored. Fellowship with you and God is restored. He's like, son, daughter, you're back home. We're going to eat good. We're going to live the good life. Go kill the fat, not just any, the fatted calf. The one that we save for the special, special celebrations. Go and kill that fatted calf. Can you see what Jesus was saying to these scribes and Pharisees? Who were saying, why are you wasting your time with the sinners and the tax collectors? He said, don't you know the Father's heart? Philip, you've seen me, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Haven't you figured out his heart? He's got a great heart. He has a loving heart. He has a forgiving heart. And He never loses hope. And He never stops looking for you to turn, return to Him. And He's not going to turn His back on you, but He'll open up the door of reconciliation so that He can reposition you for a greater future. He's a good God. Philip, can't you see that? Scribes, can't you see that? Pharisees, can't you see that? He's a good, good Father. He's a good father. 
That's why we reach out to the sinner. That's why we reach out to the tax collector. That's why we reach out to those that the world would say has no hope. God still has hope for them. Hallelujah. And he has hope for you. The Father's heart is extended to you. And I pray as we've exposed it on this Father's Day. If there's any part of you that's out there. If there's any part of you that's still trying to do it in your own strength. And trying to figure it out in your own wisdom. And it's not totally surrendered to Him. He's not going to fight you. He's not going to damn you. But as you're out there, the enemy has access to you. And he will destroy you. And he'll take everything he can from you. I hear God saying, I've got a new season for you. I want to put sandals on your feet. I want to put a robe from your, from your head to your, to your feet. I want to cover. I want to cover. I don't want the enemy exposed and his limitations exposed. I want to cover you. And I want to love you. And I want to put a ring on. I want to do business with you. I want us to partner together. And I want us to eat to fed and calf together in fellowship. I love you so much. I'm looking. Will you come? I'm looking. Will you come? Will you come? Maybe you're here today. I tried this for some years in my life looking back. I'd give God this part, but I wouldn't give him this part. I'd open this chamber of my life to him, but I wouldn't open that chamber. And we really fool ourselves because salvation comes when we declare his lordship over our life. And if you understand the Greek word for lordship, it means he who rules all. I got to thinking one day and I said, you know, if he's not Lord over all, he's really not Lord at all. And my eyes were open. So I made it a daily practice. Every day I get up. I don't, I don't take it for granted because I know how trick, trickery the enemy is and I know how deceitful and wild and cunning he is. And I know my own limitations. So every day I get up. I declare his lordship and I think of that Lord if you're not Lord over all you're not Lord at all I give my life to you I give my future I give my past I give my day today all of you all of me to you maybe you're here today and you would like to join me in that I did it this morning and I'm doing it again right now I do it throughout the day Lord I want all of me to serve you all of me I surrender all of me we had a couple in the first service gave their lives to Jesus Christ and surrendered His Lordship on Father's Day 46 years ago. 1972, Bill and Cheryl Shumate was on Father's Day. Both of them came. And 46 years, they were saying this morning, He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Let me tell you what, He's a good, good God. I pray you've seen His heart this morning. And you're willing to say, you know what? In all the options I have in the world, no one loves me and cares for me like Father God. I'm going to surrender my life to Him. And I pray you would do that this morning. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. We have our prayer intercessors come and make themselves available to minister here at the altar. And at any time, if the Spirit of the Lord is leading you and to come for prayer, I want you to just come on up for prayer. Because let me tell you what, what takes place here on this altar blesses the heart of the Father. 
He's looking down these aisles. He's just waiting for someone to say, you know what? I haven't given 100%. Or maybe I gave 100% and took 10% back. I want to give him that 10% back too. And as you step out, let me tell you what, the Spirit of the Lord is going to rush and meet you right where you're at. I'm telling you what, you're going to see, you're going to make a great Father's Day to our Heavenly Father as you're willing to do that. He's looking, He's waiting, He's never lost hope. He's ready to run and meet you if you'll turn to Him. Father God, we just thank you for this blessed opportunity this morning that you've given us to open the window and pull back the curtains and to look at your heart. What a great heart you have, God. Lord, you love us so much. And you've got so many great things planned for us. Only with trickery of the enemy or rebellion of our soul keep us from not giving you our all. And I pray right now, God, that there will be those here on this Father's Day that would bless you with the greatest Father's Day gift of all by giving you their complete life by giving you their mess, by giving you their bad mistakes, by giving you uh, the times of rebellion and all the scars that it brought. Lord, whatever it is, they just bring it to you. Say, Father God, here am I. I want to repent. I want to turn from that. I want to turn from leaning into my own strength and my own wisdom. And I want to trust you, Lord, with all of my life. That's you here today and you want to bring that Father's Day gift of your life to Him. I want you to just step, come out right now. Say, Lord, I want to give you 100%. Lord, I'm not playing around. Lord, I'm not negotiating. There's this area, there's that area. But you know what it is, Lord. I just want it all to be under you. I want it all to be to you. Lord, I want to come to you. Just step out and come. Just come to him right now and say, God, I'm bringing my all. I'm bringing my all to you. Is there anyone? Is there anyone here today? Say, the enemy's tricked me. I didn't realize it. I was holding on to that. But I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. I'm giving it to God. I'm giving it to God. Let me tell you what, one of the greatest, greatest movements you'll ever make is moving towards God with a repentant heart because He's going to run meet you. He's going to kiss you on the neck. He's going to show His compassion towards you. He is going to restore you, reconcile, and He's going to fellowship with you. Hallelujah. Also, if there's anyone here this morning that maybe there's an area in your life you need a miracle, you need a miracle maybe in your physical body. You need a miracle maybe in a relationship. You need a miracle maybe in finances. You just need a miracle from God. I want you to bring that need to Him. I want you to bring that need to Him. The Bible says we're two or more gathered together in His name. There He is. And the Bible says that when we come in agreement, that which is established in heaven is established on earth. So your, your breakthrough is already established in heaven, but we've got to get it manifest on earth. And he says, agreement can bring that. So we've got these prayer ministers here just ready to stand with you in agreement uh, for that miracle this week to be manifest. So if you need a miracle, bring that need to him and they'll pray with you. I guarantee you, you're going to see a turnaround. The Heavenly Father begins to just show forth himself strong and mighty on your behalf. So if you have a need, maybe in your body, any physical healing, maybe in a relationship, maybe in your finances, Maybe uh, there's some anxiety that you're dealing with. Whatever it is, God has already met the need. He just wants you to come to Him. 
So if you can just bring that need to one of our intercessors, they'll pray with you now. So would you come? Would you come? Father, we thank you right now for everybody that's bringing that need. I want to thank you right now in advance, the need being met. You said you would meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. I want to thank you for that, God. I want to thank you for your healing hand that is being manifested in those uh, needs of, of physical touch, Lord God, where they need a miracle in their body, Lord God. Lord, for those that need a miracle in a relationship, Lord, I want to thank you right now in advance for the healing that will flow in those relationships and the reconciliation that will take place, Lord God. Lord, if there's a miracle that is needing over anxiety and worry, Lord, I thank you right now that that, that burden is going to be lifted here at Calvary. Hallelujah. And Lord God, they're going to be able to leave here with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Lord God, if there's a need in their finances today, Lord, you said, I'll send bread from heaven and I'll bring water up out of the desert. I'll cause the desert to bloom again. I will meet your needs according to my riches and glory. So Lord God, if there's financial need, Lord, today, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being more than enough. I want to thank you for supernatural provision. I want to thank you for resources from heaven flowing through the earth, Lord God, to meet that need in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we pray for each and every person here today, God. Lord, as we've studied your heart, as we've looked into your heart and your nature, I pray that we would embrace you more, that we would not stand off from you, that we wouldn't talk about you in third person, but Lord God, that we would embrace you, we would love you, we would we would love on you and let you love on us, Lord God, and that we would go into this week, Lord God, celebrating what a good, good Father we have, Lord. We want to praise your name, we want to thank you, God, and we want to bless you. And Lord God, I pray now I can release the blessing of heaven on earth. You said with the mouth we can speak it and release the blessing. So Lord, I want to release the, release, release the Father's blessing right now over every person under the sound of my voice. Let the Father of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the Father who loves you so much, He says, I'm well pleased with you, that you are my delight, and that I have a purpose and a plan for you, and I bless you to go in that. I release the blessing of the Father over your household. The blessing of the Father that will protect your children, even those that are outside of your household. The blessing of the Father that will provide. The the blessing of the Father that will bring joy unspeakable and full of glory. The the blessing of the Father that will bring joy back into your life, which is the, the, the strength of God, the power of God being manifest in and through you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your blessings. Now, God, let them be blessed in their coming and their going. Bless, Lord God, as they go into this week. Blessed as they go back to work. Blessed as the children are out of school, Lord God, into their summer break, Lord God. Blessed as they go on vacations, Lord. Blessed, I pray, Lord God. Let them prosper like they've never prospered before. Yes, I release that, God. Let there be prosperity on your people here today like they've never known before. Fun coming in, streams of revenue coming in that bless them that it's not by the sweat of their brow but it's by the blessing of the Father coming into their life Lord God. Lord we just thank you for each and every one each and every household that is represented here and as we go Lord God we go in your grace, we go in your mercy and we go in your love for it is in Jesus name we pray Amen and amen hallelujah glory to god glory to god